Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. What do you do if you suddenly find yourself on the ceiling looking down at your own body? Can out-of-the-body experiences, as they're called, be dangerous? Are you really outside your body? Is it all in your imagination? Well, hello there, and Happy New Year, and welcome to the 204th broadcast of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and I'm here with my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. Out-of-the-body experiences, or OBEs as they're known, have been a hot topic ever since the New Age movement began in the 1960s. This evening, we'll try to find out what it's about. Alright, so we need to go to the first order of business, of course, our weekly paranormal contest. Okay, so Armando Doyle, a Mexican of Irish descent, living in the Philippines, sent Mrs. Doyle, Father Ted. (laughs) Oh, yes. All right, so uh, correctly answered last week's question about Japan. The wife of what prominent Japanese politician claims to have have visited Venus in a flying saucer? Well, the answer is Mayuki Hatoyama, the wife of Yokio Hatoyama, probably the next prime minister of Japan. Mrs. Hatoyama wrote in a book published last year that Venus is, quote, a very beautiful place and it was really green, unquote. Well, I guess that exoclimatology is not Mrs. Hatoyama's forte, as the rest of us seem to think that Venus is actually covered in toxic gases, sulfuric acid rain, and gets as hot as 800 degrees Fahrenheit. Well, nonetheless, maybe she visited a paranormal world, Venus. A parallel world. Parallel yeah, world, sure. Maybe, world, then you right. got me. If she can visit Venus at all, hey, maybe she did it in a parallel reality. Anyway. Eh, why not? Yeah. All right, so this week's question is, what actress who died in 1989 supposedly still haunts her house in Beverly Hills? If you can handle that, call us locally at 401-766-1240 or nationally at 800-449-1240. If there's no winner during the show and you still think you have a shot, travel line to me at bennettbehindtheparanormal.com and you'll get it right. You will win a copy of Adventures Beyond the Body by tonight's guest. William Bullman is America's leading expert on out-of-the-body experiences. He has not only researched the subject... Over the last 39 years, he has had extensive out-of-the-body explorations of his own. His first book, Adventures Beyond the Body, chronicles his personal spiritual journey of self-discovery through out-of-the-body travel and offers guidance and preparation and techniques that anyone can use. During the last 12 years, William has conducted an international out-of-body experience survey that includes over 16,000 participants from 42 countries. The provocative results are presented in his book, The Secret of the Soul, which examines the, quote, the unique opportunities for personal growth and profound spiritual awakenings that are experienced during out-of-the-body travel. William appears regularly on radio and television, and his books are currently available in ten languages. He lives in Maryland with his wife, Susan. And his website is www.astralinfo.org. And as we talk with William today, feel free to join the discussion. Call us again. Those numbers, 401-766-1240 or 800-449-1240. And William, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. All right, so what exactly is an out-of-the-body experience? Uh, well, in its basic, in most basic term, it's the separation of consciousness from the body, where someone feels that they're existing independently of their physical body. And it, uh, I'd like to add one other part to this. It does not involve a 
generally speaking, a pure OBE does not mean that it's the death of the physical body. Hmm. Because there's a lot of people, there's a lot of confusion out there. A lot of people uh, assume because OBEs are part of near-death experiences that the two are always together, and that is not true. Okay. All right, so how common are OBEs? Uh, I'm sorry, what was that? No, how common are OBEs? Oh, extremely common. Um, According to much of the research out there, um, especially when you start investigating uh, the hospice workers and everything, just about everybody will have some kind of -of out-of-body experience sometime in their life. If they don't have it during their uh, childhood, which, by the way, is very common, and during their adult life, many people will begin to have OBEs when they become close to what we call death or the transition of death. Um, oh, it, sorry. It, so it's it's uh, it's very very common experience. Hmm. Okay, so you mentioned that most adults don't have out of the body experiences. Why is that? Well, I, I, what I meant to say, of course, is that. There's many people that do have them. Nowadays, many people are interested in self-initiating the experience. Mm -hmm. But uh, according to research, over 50 million Americans have had an out-of-body experience. According to several well-known doctors, uh, it's the most common paranormal experience in the world. Unfortunately, there's a lot of uh, misinformation about the subject. And uh, let's just say a lot of people misinterpret the experience as something else. So what would they interpret it as? Well, some people think it's a, it's a lucid dream. Some people think it's an hallucination. Some people think it's uh, uh, any number of things. Um, a lot of times these experiences are quite brief. Um, generally speaking, the person, you're asleep or your body is in a trance state. And people, it's easy for someone to interpret the experience because it's, it is so Let's just say away from the norm that um, a lot of people don't take it seriously. As, for instance, many people experience, for instance, they may find themselves, as you did your opening, floating uh, on the ceiling. And then, bang, they're back in their body. And the experience may only last two, three seconds. And it's really easy for someone to just slough that off. Like, oh, oh I must have been just, that was just a dream. Hmm. So that that type of uh, let's just say reaching a conclusion is uh, quite common. Hmm. Okay. All right. So, what is the history of OBEs? When are they first mentioned in human writings? Oh my goodness! It goes all the way back to uh, the beginning of a civilization. I mean, the ancient Egyptians write about the the ba and the ka and the separation of the body, all back in the in the. Uh, um, Egyptian Book of the Dead speaks of the separation from the body. The Tibetan Book of the Dead speaks in great length about the separation from the body. Matter of fact, on my website, I have a quote from the uh, from the Dalai Lama speaking about the separation of about OBEs. Hmm. Quite, uh, I mean, many people interpret even the beginning of Islam. Um, uh, the night journey of Muhammad was essentially an out-of-body experience where he left his body and he writes in the Koran about going through seven heavens or dimensions and experiencing angels. Many people interpret um, Muhammad's in pivotal experience, which, by the way, was the beginning of Islam, uh, the religion of Islam, the pivotal event, the night journey, as an out-of-body experience. 
I never thought of it that way. I've read it a hundred times. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. sure. And uh, the, the Bible is full of references to it. St. Paul talks about out-of-body experiences uh, in Second Corinthians quite often when he talks about whether in the body or out of the body. Um, Revelation begins Greek, with a statement of, um, of uh, you know, essentially an out-of-body experience. Yeah. Well, that's quite true. Um, any other questions about it? I don't know. Okay, well, let's move on to one or two of mine. Uh, all right, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, William, what are the current theories about how, how OBEs work? I mean, what's actually going on here? Well, there are several theories. I think um, uh, I teach, as you probably know, I teach self-initiation. I, for me, I think the best, you know, there's a lot of theories about everything out there, as we, as you know, well know. Oh, yeah. After doing 200 shows, Um one of the great things that I find and powerful things about out-of-body experiences is that you can prove it to yourself. Many of the subjects you, you cover, you probably can't do this. You, what I teach is a series of techniques that you can you do every night, actual techniques to self-initiate the experience and prove it to yourself. In other words, the, uh, there is no belief system about OBEs. There is no theory. I mean, there, there are theories, but my point is we have the capacity to prove the existence of this experience to ourselves, which I did, or I wouldn't be talking about it. Yeah. I, I was not a believer back in the 70s, and I proved it to myself by having my own out-of-body experience. It took me 24 days of daily practice to initiate the experience, but it, it was a mind-blower. It's like, oh, my God, you know, it's like your entire paradigm is changed. Changed. Okay, uh, b- before we get into that, uh, there are, I don't know if you know anything about our work, but we, I've been doing this for 40 years, that is paranormal research, mostly ghost research, and Ben has been with me now for five years or so. And our particular theories, my background being theological, psychological, this sort of thing, uh, I tend to rely a lot on the multiverse theories, you know, quantum physics, etc. I'm yeah. sure you're familiar with that. Yes, and I wonder... Um, uh, how much of the OBE experience could be explained by simply experiencing parallel lives rather than actually separating from the body as such in the, in the traditional sense? I mean, what's your thought on that? Well, I think there are. I think there are. Um, in my book, I write about the multiverse. I have an entire chapter on uh, quantum physics and how it connects to metaphysics. Yeah, I regret so, that I didn't have a chance to read it. I apologize. I will, though. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I do feel that the universe is a multidimensional continuum and that when you leave your body, and, and let me clarify, the physical world, I found, is the epidermis layer. It's the thin, outer epidermis layer of the universe. Hmm. And when you have an out-of-body experience, what's actually happening is you're raising your vibrational rate and you're experiencing an inner vibrational body that we all possess. And that the, the term out-of-body is actually a misnomer. What we're actually doing is shifting our consciousness inward and experiencing this multidimensional aspect of ourselves, which is vibrating at a much higher level. And that's, that's what's actually occurring. And you feel, you can actually observe your physical body, and that's why people call it an out-of-body experience, because you can actually, from a very... And we're not talking about a dream state. We're talking about totally conscious experience. And you're standing in the other end of the room looking at your body. And that's why people get, uh, let's just say, get excited about this because it proves 
let's just say it proves the existence of our continuing self after death. It proves some things to people that are quite profound and life-changing. The way you describe that, it sounds as though it's of critical spiritual importance. Yeah, I feel it is. I think it's the core element. I've spoken at events all over the world. Um, I speak at altered state conferences and meditative conferences. And the core element, if you look at spirituality throughout the ages, the core element is to be able to transcend the flesh and to experience this, let's just say it, higher aspect of yourself. And that's what occurs during an OBE. And that's why OBEs and near-death experiences are so life-changing for people because suddenly they, they, it's no longer theory. It's like, oh, my God, I exist beyond my body. And a whole new paradigm is created for that individual. Hmm. Okay, Ben's going to do a little station ID here, and then I have another question. All right, so you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WON 1240 AM in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley and ON 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 at www.onworldwide.com. Sorry, folks, it's Monday. <laughs> okay, from anywhere on our beautiful blue planet, 401-766-1240, or nationally at 800-449-1240. Okay, Ben's got a question, but before he asks that, I just wanted to uh, touch on the spiritual aspects again. You know, having having, as I say, a sort of a theological background myself, although yeah. many years ago, um, this whole business with the flesh versus the spirit, quote unquote, is something we run into all every day, almost in our work, because I am of the minority opinion, more of an Eastern opinion, that the flesh is not bad; it's good. And that when we transcend the flesh, we bring the flesh with us, you know, going along with some ancient Middle Eastern theologies, this sort of thing. Um, therefore, we, that's one of the reasons we rely on the multiverse ideas, because what I've seen is not ghosts, uh, quote-unquote, but people, you know? Yes. Body and, and all. And, and uh, what say you on all that issue? I mean, Yes, people. That's all it is. The transition of death is a transition of consciousness. That's all that it is. I've mm-hmm. I spoke to my dead mother. I've spoke to my dead uncle. I, I, uh, people that have OBEs have regular, if not quite normal, communication with people that have made that transition because no one dies. I found the same thing. No one. We just make a transition of consciousness, and we're using a different energy body. Mm-hmm. We, well, we, what people haven't yet clued, haven't really gotten the fact that we're multidimensional beings, this is a multidimensional universe, and death is just a transition of consciousness from a dense body to a less dense energy body. People that are dead live just like we do, most of them. I mean, there, there's, it's not the huge transition, and this is based on my own personal experience and feedback from 16,000 people. I mean, the, the, everybody that I've talked to says the same thing. Mm-hmm. The people that are dead continue to live lives just like they, they the, to, as far as they're concerned, it's just like a blink of an eye shift of consciousness into well, yeah. an energy body. Now, their bodies are younger most of the time. They will experience, let's just say, they will continue to be a woman. For instance, when I saw my dead mother, she was no longer 75 years old. She was about 23, 24 years old. But her personality, everything about her continued. Only the outer, let's just say, shell changed. 
Well, I, I uh, certainly agree. I'd even go farther. I'd say that uh, many of these worlds are, are real, are just just as physical as as ours. And uh, I think that because I've seen, I've had physical contact myself with uh, not so well. In one case, not not so pleasant entity, a non-human one. But you know, again, in, in if quantum physics is right, that all possibilities have their manifestations in one world or another. But uh, I've seen. Uh, I walked into a hospital room when a man was dying, and I saw a hand, physical as mine or yours, come out of a cloud and grasp his. I mean, I thought I was, you know, oh, going to yeah. be a patient there myself. So, so uh, we certainly agree. And I, uh, just as an aside, a number of people commented that um, uh, you and I look alike, and the, prom- <laughs> the promos. Uh, so maybe we think alike too. Uh, anyway, Ben, uh, I guess uh, uh, William's already answered, uh, certainly encourages people to have OBEs, but you had an additional part of that question. Uh, All right, so um, what are the spiritual benefits yes. of an OBE? Yeah, specifically. Oh, the uh, knowledge, personal knowledge answers. You know, the vast majority, six and a half billion people on this planet, and they don't have a clue where they're going. <laughs> they don't know what yeah. they are. Tell us about it. They don't know their purpose. During an OBE, you have an opportunity to obtain the answers. You discover that you do continue beyond your body. You discover that it is a multidimensional universe. You discover that your purpose here is to, to learn and grow spiritually. I mean, there's a lot of, there's, it's like the whole new world is open with answers. The vast majority of people cling to what I consider to be flawed belief systems. Mm-hmm. And that limits their personal growth because they're so clinging to the physical world and it's uh, insanity yeah. where the, the answers are found through us expanding our personal experience, not by expanding our belief systems. And that's what OBEs are about. Uh, self-initiated OBEs give us an opportunity to discover the answers for ourselves and to become explorers of consciousness. Because that's where the answers are found. Yeah, certainly agree. Uh, go ahead, Ben. All right, so what do mainstream religions, well, uh, why do mainstream religions not mention OBEs? Well, it depends on the religion. It's funny. That's why I alluded to this at the beginning about yeah. most religions are based on OBEs, uh, but they, the, unfortunately, the language... And the way it's interpreted can uh, is open for, I guess, let's just say, uh, for anybody's perception. Um, I have found, uh, I do workshops, for instance, for the Monroe Institute. Um, I do workshops all over the world. And in almost every workshop, I have a some, let's just say, one or two people that are scientists. But I also have people that are religious, either they're priests that have, let's just say, left the cloth or uh, ex-pastors or current pastors because they want, people want to know what the truth is. And they and their people are waking up to the fact that you can't read the truth. You can't discover it in a book. We have to expand our own ability to perceive by our own inner exploration. And one of the powerful ways to do this is by self-initiated out-of-body exploration because it gives us an opportunity to actually enter this multiverse that you're talking about and to perceive it firsthand for ourselves. Hmm. That's the way we learn and grow effectively. 
And that's why this subject is becoming more and more popular worldwide. I've often suspected, and having spent 12 years in the seminary, three different ones, that there's a certain amount of concern about job security on the part of the clergy. And um, while certain churches encourage spiritual advancement more than others do, personal spiritual advancement, I wonder if there's not that aspect uh, in there. And they only kind of go so far as far as encouraging. Oh, definitely. Definitely. Let's face it, if the entire flock was self-realized, they wouldn't have a flock, would they? Well, probably probably not. I mean, there'd no. be no need for the religions if people became self-actualized and began to get their own answers. Well, so, unfortunately, the system is designed to essentially keep them in the dark. And yeah. to be quite, quite frank, I mean, that's uh, there is exceptions to this, though. I mean, the Tibetans have been doing out-of-body experiences and writing about them for a long, long time. Oh, sure. I mean, in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, is the entire it's a reference manual for leaving your body and exploring this these multi-dimensional reality that we're talking about. Well, the whole spiritual, uh, I suppose, thrust of my particular philosophy, and then this is present in my books, is that. Uh, we, we must really, to truly grow in the multiverse, look outward, not inward. Therefore, there is a certain, there is room for a certain uh, communal activity of this kind. But, uh, but I see your point. I think uh, organized religion-wise, uh, that's that's very often the case. Um, let me. All right. Well, well, let's shift gears here a little bit. Uh, how do people? And I don't know. You know, twenty-five words or less. How do people? Uh, sell, how do people initiate? Okay, I, I, that's an excellent question. I, I write about over 40 different methods in my books. Um, one of the easiest method is, um, is to essentially just, you, you enter as you're falling asleep, you use an affirmation, like now I'm out of body, and you repeat it and hold it as your last conscious thought as you're falling asleep. Now, preferably do this on the couch or someplace not in your bed because we're conditioned to sleep soundly in our bed. Hmm. But this is the easiest technique. It's just called the affirmation approach. Another one I I, I write about is the, um, the early morning technique where you essentially you get up after four hours of sleep from your bed, you go to your sofa, and then you select an out-of-body exploration technique by doing this, you've broken up the REM cycle, and then you go to your, you create your out-of-body exploration area, meaning a sofa of some kind, and you go there and you do a technique, one of the 40 that I write about. Mm-hmm. And it, for some reason, there's a, there's a lot of evidence that supports this, that just by breaking up the REM cycle and your location, and you hold your intention to explore beyond your body as your last focused thought. And you do an out-of-body experience. I mean, you do an out-of-body technique. Um, There's many different techniques available. Um, Those are probably the two easiest ones that are available. Okay. Uh, Ben's got a a question. Oh, well, well, I... No. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought your hand signals were the shit. No. Okay. Well, you know, chime in any time. Right. All right. Uh, why, why does it seem so we And I'll, I'll give you an example. It seems so easy for some people and not for others. Let me just, before you answer that, I'll give you an example of a very, very dear friend of mine uh, for many years uh, here in uh, Rhode Island who was, um, uh, I, I consider him an intellectual giant. 
and uh, yet he kind of lays low. He, he's taught here and there, but he would say that he would have out-of-the-body experiences spontaneously without even trying, and he would be terrified of them. How do you, what say you on that? How do you respond to someone? Well, it's very common. Uh, there's a lot of people that do have spontaneous experiences, and uh, to be a lot of people are terrified of the initial onset of the experience, which I write about in great length, by the way. Um, I guess it's called the vibrational state, and many people find this experience to be frightening. There's um, there's paralysis involved, which is very common. There's uh, often there's a loud noises. There's a sensation often of being touched, of being lifted even, of being moved to a new location, of entering a new reality. Remember, the universe is full of all kinds of beings. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot going on, and we're only aware of a fraction of it. That's right. And uh, the out- an out-of-body experience, the onset of it, is for many people just shocking because they, they feel they've lost control. Suddenly, exactly. He said that. Yeah. Your 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 body. Your you, we're so conditioned to think of ourselves as our body, and of course, that's the biggest flaw in the in our entire thought pattern, because we're not our body. Our body is a vehicle of our consciousness that we're using for a temporary period of time. Then we're all going to exit the body. That's that's what makes us so essential. I feel to learn. All of us, no matter what we believe, we're all going to have an out of body experience. There's no escaping it. Think of it. I mean, there is no escaping the fact that each and every one of us is going to have an out-of-body experience. So the more we know about this process, which involves vibrations, paralysis, um, let's just say noises, maybe someone calling your name, maybe somebody standing next to you, all this is so alien to people because they haven't been trained into the reality of it that it leads to a lot of misinterpretation. And uh, to be quite honest, it's frightening for people. That's why I devoted my life to trying to get the the facts of this out. Because this is a natural experience. When people want... I have received hundreds and hundreds of letters from hospice workers. And as people are dying, they're all having out-of-body experiences. They're all connecting with loved ones. They're all... And this is going on, uh, what I call cluster experiences, where they'll have ex- multiple experiences, and they'll be communicating with their loved ones next to them. And like you said, the story about the hand coming out of a cloud, mm. that kind of thing is quite, it's, 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 that's what happens. Yeah. Because they're reconnecting to that other dimension that they're about to enter into. And part of that reconnection is to have an out-of-body experience so you become more orientated with that new reality. It sure looks that way. Well, we're going to take a commercial break here on Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on onworldwide.com and WON, used to be WON, WON 12.40 a.m. here in New England's beautiful Blackstone Valley. We'll be right back with William Bullman and the subject of -of out-of-the-body experiences. Stay with us. registered dietitian Karen Zangari reminding you to put food first. You know your mother was right. You do need to eat your fruits and vegetables. I'll be talking about food, nutrition, and you on Monday mornings after Coffee and right here on ON Radio. ON Radio 
It's that time of year again. Hello, friends and neighbors. The one-page calendars are now available here at Radio Ranch, 985 Park Avenue in Socket. Compliments of yours truly, Norm the Milkman, and WOON Radio. These one-page calendars have all your major holidays circled for your convenience, making them ideal for your home or office. Stop by the WOON studios and pick up your one-page calendars while supplies last. You can depend on us. Public service, ON Radio. And we are back behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on ONWorldwide.com at WOO at 1240 AM in New England's beautiful Blackstone Valley. And we are speaking today, uh, having a fan, uh, fascinating conversation with William Bullman, probably the leading expert in America on out of the body experiences. Now, William, while we were talking about uh, how some people it's easy for some, hard for others. And this particular fellow I was describing, who was afraid of his OBEs, was saying that he was afraid he wouldn't be able to, quote, get back into his body. But he would uh, go pretty much all over the place, uh, looking in people's windows and all this sort of thing. Uh, so uh, what else? Should he have been afraid or should he not have been afraid about sort of getting back? No, that's, there's no fear of that. Uh, you just think of your body and you're instantly back. You think of your finger and you're instantly back. There's absolutely no fear. There's a connection. Uh, some people call it the silver cord. Uh, but there's, the point is we are connected to our bodies. And just the act of thinking of your body will bring you back. There's Actually, there's nothing to be fearful of at all. Remember, we're, we're, we're immortal beings. <laughs> we can't even be armed. I, I have actually had, and others have, I have had an OBE where I've actually willed myself to fly into the sun just to prove to myself that I couldn't be armed. Hmm. And I'm not the only one who's done this. Matter of fact, it's one of the things I teach. Uh, I do with workshops with Monroe um, Institute, and that's one of the things I encourage people to do if they have any, it will burn away any fears. I mean, literally, because, of course, there's no heat to the sun because you're experiencing the energy duplicate of it when you leave your body. The point is, it, it eliminates that fear issue. The fear is, most of the fear, not matter, most, all of the fear associated with paranormal experiences and out-of-body experiences is based on a lack of knowledge. Yeah. People are afraid of what they don't understand. We always say once you know once you understand it, you don't have to be afraid of it anymore. Exactly, and the more that the more knowledge you have about it. Now, what people need to do, if any of your listeners are having spontaneous experiences, they should of course read some work on this. You know, my book or someone that has some valid uh, information about it, so that they can gain insight into what's happening to them. Because if you have spontaneous experiences, they will continue. If you open to this experience on a subconscious level, they will continue often for the rest of your life. Okay. All right, l- l- let's get back to something we probably should have asked earlier on, and how can people tell the difference between an OBE and a dream? I feel it's all about the percentage of conscious awareness present in the experience. I know there's a lot of discussion about this. I'm a lucid dreamer myself. Uh, so so I, 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 and I enjoy lucid dreams, but an OBE, the difference is like being one of them you're watching the football game and the other one you're the quarterback on the field throwing the ball. The OBE is you are, your, your consciousness is present in that experience. 
you're you're thinking logically. There is a certain amount of control you have. I mean, it's a whole different world. It's just like what we're doing now in this conversation, where in a lucid dream you don't have that kind of control. Now, I know there's people that 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 have all kinds of different scenarios that they feel that um, that everything is because things fluctuate. It's not real. What many people don't understand is that the universe is not a solid thing. It's not a three-dimensional construct. It's not made of matter necessarily as we think of it. It's energy. Everything is energy. Realities that we experience are made of energy. It's one of the things I teach in my workshop is how to move and control your OBE to get the most of it, how to prolong your OBE how to distinguish reality from illusion. Mm-hmm. Because we're in a thought-created world when you leave your body. And you have to be aware of that. So there is a degree of, let's just say, training. And experience creates knowledge. And then you begin to get more control over your own, let's just say, adventures beyond your body. What do you mean by thought-created world? The universe, everything... Everything began as a thought. You look around your studio, you look around your house, and you will see that the predecessor of everything in your home is a thought, right. one way or another. Ancient Greeks said the same thing. Yeah, that's and it's true. We live in a thought-created continuum. Just because thought creates form, it doesn't mean that only form is real. Um, so there's various levels of form. And what I have found and many others have found during OBEs is that there is a multidimensional continuum. There's many dimensions of reality, more than anyone can count. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not seven. That's, that's childish. Yeah. There's levels within levels within levels beyond my comprehension. That's right. And we have the capacity to enter these in full consciousness during an OBE and to begin to explore them. And uh, that's, that's uh, my God, it, you, there's nothing to me more exciting than that. I like that. It, it gives us an opportunity to be a first-hand explorer instead of just being in the sidelines uh, theorizing. Hmm. Let's shift gears again, all right? What uh, you know, We all know about Project Stargate and various things the government has done with psychic experiments, par- paranormal right. warfare, theories, things of this kind. What does the government know about OBE? I don't know if you can even answer this. OBEs, and uh, are you aware of any experiments, um, possible use as part of military system? I mean, what what's going on on that level with OBEs, do you know? Well, I'm, I'm sure you know that I'm a facilitator for the Monroe Institute. Yes, yeah. And I guess you already know who was the trainer for the Stargate program. Yeah, yes. So I, I you know, <laughs> need I say more? No, probably not. Well, you could explain the, perhaps the Monroe Institute for those who aren't familiar with it. Well, the Monroe Institute uh, uh, trained the military let's just say, for many years. That's why I asked. <laughs> and then became uh, the, under uh, op- there's several names, Operation Looking Glass, and then became um, Stargate. Uh, but the military spent hundreds of millions of dollars training, um, let's just say, military personnel to become essentially good at seeing beyond their physical limits. 
perceiving beyond their physical limits. Remote viewing taken to the next level. Right. Yeah. And um, this has been done for many, many years um, and has been used, especially during the Cold War, is probably when it was in its, um, it's what most people are aware of, where the CIA and the um, military used, let's just say, people to look beyond the facade to find, find certain things that were needed. Um, and this is well documented. I mean, I'm not, as you know, you've probably had uh, Skip and some of the other people on. Uh, so this is a little different, though. I, I, I specialize in out-of-body experiences. I do not um, teach remote viewing, per se. The Monroe Institute still teaches remote viewing. Um, I teach, my, my specialty is out-of-body exploration. I teach a six-day course, and many different kinds of people attend. Um, and it's very intense, very intense, okay. where we, you learn how to have an out-of-body experience. Now, many people also start to remote view this way. To the same type, the exercises sometimes can initiate what in the old days I've been around a while. It used to be called psychic vision. Um, so many people would let's just say it develops your psychic abilities, and everybody develops differently. Okay, uh, I'm going to interrupt you here, William. We have a caller, and uh, hello, uh, welcome to the show. Hello. Hi, you have a question for uh, William? This is uh, uh, Bill from Franklin. Hi, Bill. Uh, I had a, have a. In the, in the morning, I, I uh, wake up from a dream, and I heard my sister calling me, and I wake up, and she wasn't calling me, but I know I heard her voice. Okay, uh, William, what any that? comment on that? Uh, these type of events happen quite a bit. I mean, uh, we live in a very, a very active world. Um, uh, I've had this happen to myself already, where my wife has uh, and others have spoken to me. During, during the night, everyone, this is, let's just call this a theory for now, but everyone essentially leaves their body at night. That's what sleep, why is sleep required? We have to recharge. During this recharging process, we separate from our body. Some people only just float out of sync with their bodies, but some people actually travel during out-of-body experiences. Of course, they're not, most people are not conscious of this, but... During an out-of-body experience, you actually run into people that are they're like sleepwalkers. Now, one explanation of this is that you're, you're connected to... This all always happens to someone you're connected to. You have a deep connection with somebody, maybe even from past lives, let's say, and they are connected to you, and she, whether unconscious, of course, has, was visiting you. I mean, literally visiting you in what people perceive to be her energy body while her body was asleep. That's one explanation of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I mean, that happens to to me too. I can't. I don't know. If I can't speak for Ben, but hearing uh, various things, especially when you're on the cusp of sleep, just waking up or just going to sleep, you tend to be very aware. And we very often hear people asking this very question, uh, Bill. So. Um, Okay, well, Bill... Uh, is, one more thing. Yeah, please, go ahead. I had a dream that it actually came true. Okay, would you tell us about it? Uh, okay, uh, well... Yes, uh, because you're in a... Dreaming, when we dream, like I said, we're 
entered in, dreaming is an altered state of consciousness. We're entering into the multidimensional continuum and we're obtaining information. And we're obtaining information. Remember, the physical world is the end result of a chain of events because it's the outer crust of reality. So we're actually, when during dream states, we're entering into the more subtle interior of the universe and we're obtaining, let's just say, insights. Some people are good at this and some people and many people, of course, fluff it off and don't, don't acknowledge it. But that's what's happening. You connected to an event that is about to happen. That was energy. My dream, um, um, a good, good, uh, a friend of mine, uh, um, just before she passed away, I dreamed this. And, and then, I, then I was helping the, the neighbor, the, the person that lived with her. And then I realized my dream came true. And there was a uh, Jupiter, Saturn, and Venus in the sky at night, and I, and I remember that in my dream. Is this deja vu, maybe? But but in my dream, they, they, were, they were more like three galaxies instead of three planets. Hmm. But, well, we, we, but, but that actually came true. Yeah, well, it, so, it sounds like a beautiful dream. Yeah. Yeah. The physical world, like I say, is the end result of a chain of events, the physical events, and you were connecting to the events before they manifested in the physical uh, epidermis layer of reality. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought, yeah. Good, okay. Well, Bill, thank you very, very much for calling. Okay, thank you. Okay, take care. Okay, I wanted to point out one thing. I, I don't know if you knew uh, my good friend, uh, Scott Rogo, the late Scott Rogo, uh, William. He was uh, uh, died quite a few years ago now, but he was uh, one of the leading uh, experimenters yes. with, uh, yes. among other things, OBs. I'm sure you knew him. Yes, and he I, do, I didn't know him personally, but I know of his work and read his book. Sure, uh, read, a very uh, well-known guy in the paranormal. He was uh, saying one time that he, and I think he wrote about this in one of his books, uh, he and, and uh, someone else I knew, uh, Keith Harari, uh, Dr. Keith Harari, who was a, a professor at John F. Kennedy University parapsychology program, they, did, they agreed to do an experiment. And Keith agreed to uh, project himself literally into Scott's house. And Scott actually saw him, he said, uh, walking down his hallway when he was you know, asleep in his own house miles away. So this is the sort of thing that um, I guess uh, might lead into the next question. What is going on with OBE research today, and what is the future of it? Man, I, that is something I don't know. Um, uh, there is certainly not enough research going on um, right now, as I don't feel. Um, I think it's still a topic that hasn't made... We live in a society where if you're not on Oprah, the topic's not and doesn't get the attention it deserves. Yeah, you know right. what I mean. I know exactly what you mean. Um, you know, and unfortunately, this topic has not been covered by Oprah or one of the talk show um, and all the and all that goes along with it. And because of that, it's still in a little bit in the shadows uh, for the group yeah. consciousness of our country. I think we all get frustrated um, because... Uh, it's, it, for me, it's frustrating because uh, I think that the topic is so critically important to the evolution of humanity because we're not we're evolving beyond this body. Mm -hmm. So, my God, we should know what's going on. Going on. Well, it, it drives me nuts. we have a call? Okay, we have another call. Uh, go ahead. Hello, welcome to the show. Yes, good evening. Good evening. Uh, uh, do you have a question for William Bullman? Yes, Bill. Um... Yeah, I've been in, uh, insatiably interested in auto body experiences since the 70s. Uh, can, I, can I ask where you're from? Cumberland, Rhode Island. Cumberland, Rhode Island. Very Just good. Just down the road. Okay. 
and uh, never been able to attain out-of-body experience. But anyways, uh, you've been out several times, Bill? Yes, yes, many times. Do you sense any connection with all this um, um, 2012 happening no. around uh, December of 2012? No. Do you sense any kind of... No. I, I think 2012 is an overhyped phenomena that's going to be a big blowout for these writers and everyone else trying to hype it. Yeah, but listen, the, the, the actual, the, um, we're becoming uh, in line with the core of the galaxy, uh, all these things aligning. I, I know, I've heard it and heard it again, but uh, I don't see it. I, don't, I just don't see it happening. I just don't see any huge shift occurring that's going to occur just because of that one event. Uh, that's my opinion based on um, my own experiences. Yeah, I mean, okay, there's another question I wanted to ask you. You mentioned uh, that you said you've made yourself fly into the sun to make, you so, you make sure you're not afraid of anything. Yes. Did you, did you did you get a sense that the sun is any kind of a dimensional portal? Um, not, no, not in my experience, no. I, um, I, I know many people feel that it is. Uh, because uh, many people feel that the sun is um, essentially a black hole. Mm -hmm. um, I, and I'm well aware of that, but no, I did not get the sense of that. Yeah, the reason but, I mentioned that, Bill, is that um, NASA has even uh, released um, uh, pictures that shows what seems to be huge UFOs circling the moon, I mean the sun, and coming from the sun. I mean, huge, huge ships. And they say there's some kind of a portal coming in from another part of the galaxy, or have you ever I, 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 I have not personally experienced that, mm -hmm. um, but I, I have had people that write, you know, I, I'm, because my book's in ten languages, I get a lot of feedback from people. Mm -hmm. um, but I have had people comment to me that, they've, that there's a lot of activity, not only in the sun, but everywhere. Right. You know, we're in a much more active... Uh, <laughs> universe and we just because we don't see it we only see such a tiny 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 part of the light spectrum to begin with yeah. that we're, we're, we're I guess clinically we'd be considered blind um, because there's just so much more out there than we can perceive right now so uh, there's a lot going on but no I, I don't have any personal um, uh, observations on in that your, in your experience you must have known Ingo Swan or Lynn Buchanan um, I'm well aware of Ingo Swan, yeah. Well, they go back a ways, actually. That goes back quite a ways. We're talking early 70s and late 60s. Yeah. That was the beginning of this uh, Stargate uh, experimentation. Yes. Yeah, yes, it was. Yeah. Um, yes, yes, indeed. Okay. Okay, I'm afraid we're kind of burning up the hour here, right. so... Uh, uh, thank but, you for but your time. Thank you very much thank for your you. call. Okay, William, uh, take a minute here. Tell us about your books, what you're working on, any f events coming up. Well, um, I, my main events right now, of course, is with the Monroe Institute. I, uh, this year I'm doing five workshops um, that are quite in-depth. They're six days long. Um, generally, my workshops in the past have been three or four days long. So this is all taking this to a whole new level, uh, which I'm excited about. Um, we're talking about everyone will be in a check unit, which makes it highly um, interesting for people. This is um, not people laying on the floor. Uh, this is everyone is in their own uh, individual check unit, and we will do techniques, many different techniques. And uh, we everybody has their own set of head. In other words, everybody's in their own cloistered chamber. 
and um, I will do a technique uh, during the course of the six days. We do multiple techniques, and where I will speak through uh, an audio system. It's a very high tech uh, setup, and uh, using music, uh, binaural beat technologies, hemisync, as you're, I'm sure, well aware of from the Monroe Institute. And the goal is to have people and have their own experiences. Okay. And in the meantime, of course, I'm teaching them how to control the experience, how to get the most of it, exactly how to prepare themselves so they're knowledgeable about what's, uh, what can occur. So that's my main emphasis. Um, uh, this year is on these uh, five, six-day events. Um, it's quite intense because it's a cloistered. You don't leave the Institute. Only 24 people can attend. Okay. Each event, because it's all everybody has their own unit. All right, and the, um, so that okay. is that. I'm quite excited about. Um, uh, other than that, I um, um, I have books. I have a new book I'm working on that I hope will be out this year. I, I expect it to be out this year, um, but still, it's um, and I have a new six CD uh, training set. That has just been released by Sounds True. That's gotten very good reviews on Amazon. Um, and that uh, that's been well received internationally. It's being sold now all over the world. Okay, excellent. But it's a training class, a six CD training. It's like for people that can't afford to come to the Monroe Institute. This is on for sixty nine dollars. You can pick up an entire training course mm-hmm. with excellent. the techniques and everything, and you know, in the freedom of your own home. It's like attending a mini workshop. Okay. Good. So it's the first time this has been done. I, I don't. I don't know if anyone else that has anything so else like this. I was quite excited about it when Sounds True contacted me. Excellent. Well, the website again: www.astralinfo.com. William, thank you so much. It's been a fascinating conversation. We're definitely going to do this again soon. Oh, it'll be 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 my pleasure. Very good. All right. Take care. Okay. You too. All right. Bye bye now. All right now. Okay, folks, uh, we're going to get to at least uh, one of these emails uh, since people are very concerned, and this is our screener passed this right on to me. Uh, this is from Jennifer in Jennifer Trombley in Maine. Ben, if you'd uh, be so kind. Okay. Uh, hello, I'm looking for a reason why any and all types of glassware keeps breaking in my house. Glass breaks in the sink while I'm washing them. Uh, Pyrex glassware is made to go in the oven uh, and cracks right in front of me. We are losing glasses at roughly three to five per week. Please help. Thank you. Okay. Well, again, uh, we're always at a handicap here because, uh, you know, the information tends to be very spotty. People don't really know what to tell us, and there could be things that are totally unrelated to what you're telling us that might have something to do with this. However... We always suggest you start at square one. Now, Jennifer, what I would say uh, just at first glance here is that this sounds an awful lot like you might have an infrasound problem. Now, we've said this before to people, and I've heard uh, at least on several occasions that this has been the problem. It might not be paranormal at all in the strictest sense. What I mean by infrasound is that uh, any any sort of uh, sound uh, that is above the human ability to perceive it can somehow get trapped. A very low frequency sound can, can somehow get trapped in your house. And this can be caused by faulty fans in your ventilation system, a faulty appliance. Uh, even the wind blowing over the peak of your house can create 
at just the right conditions so that such a sound may become a standing wave, as it's called, trapped in the house. And under the right conditions, this can cause basic paranormal phenomena. Now, my question is, is it causing the phenomena or are, is it really opening doors to energies that come in and do this? But breaking glass, glasses uh, clinking together, this is a classic symptom of infra, an infrasound problem. Now, how to solve it is another issue. I would say, I would, I would turn off certain appliances at certain times, see if this keeps happening. Uh, keep an eye especially on uh, anything that, that could create infrasound. Uh, a refrigerator, I know you can't turn that off for very long, or a fan. Or uh, this time of year, I'm sure you're not using an air conditioner, especially in Maine. But anything that has moving parts that can create sounds that you, the ear cannot hear. Uh, I'd pay special attention to the subwoofer on your stereo system. All right, maybe turn that off. See if this continues. Uh, if it does, then let us know. Okay, and uh, we're going to have to leave it at that because we're burning up the time here. And uh, I'll just say, uh, stay in touch with us, Jennifer, about this, and let us know. All right. So to wrap it up. Podcasts of all our shows are available at www.behindtheparanormal.com. Okay. Oh, where are we here? And I wanted to give you a promo about what we're doing next week. Uh, but first, go to our uh, show website for all sorts of information, behindtheparanormal.com. Find out about our future guests, our past guests, and get over well over not, well over 200 now. How about, uh, 203. Two and three, just of these, not not including our early internet shows from yeah. uh, 08 and 09. Uh, plenty of podcasts there, all free uh, for to download, send them to your friends, whatever you want to do. Uh, they're all there. And many thanks to our producer, Craig Pelletier. We'll see you right here next Monday, January 10th on WOON, 1240 AM and ONWorldwide.com, when Ben and I will take the hour to discuss not haunted places, but ghost places, so to speak. Buildings, neighborhoods, and even whole towns that are there one minute and gone the next. It happens. Yeah. Well, I've had a lot of people ask me those questions. So, and on our um, CBS edition next Sunday, January 9th, we'll welcome conversationalist, archaeologist Michael Cremo for a look at forbidden archaeology. Many mainstream archaeologists don't want you to know this and about our own past. So that will be live at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 Pacific, on CBS New Sky Radio in Boston, Detroit, and Seattle. Oh, and Pittsburgh. And <laughs> online at www.newskyradio.com. Yeah, and I was talking to you specifically about a lot of uh, things you're interested in, and that, me too. Uh, anim- animals found in the middle of stones and coming back to life after what presumably might be thousands I mention it once and automatically I'm fascinated by well, it. Well, whether you're fascinated or not, we're going to talk about it. I know. So, uh, it is interesting. So. Yeah. So anyway, uh, and also on the 2012 issue that one of our callers brought up, we're going to be talking about that in about two weeks. Uh, I don't have the schedule in front of me. It's either either one of the shows. And we're going to be talking about that with Steve Alton, the great novelist, who was also a very good researcher. That's why we have him on. We usually don't have fiction writers, but we're talking about 2012 and exactly what that may mean, if anything. In the meantime, I'm going to leave you with a wish that all that is holy, good, right, and true be yours in this new year. Happy New Year again. So thank you for sailing with us on our great cosmic journey, and we'll see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.